0: Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of the Traction.gg podcast where we talk about racing games, sim racing and racing esports. And joining us today is none other than Oracle Red Bull Racing esports driver, Sebastian Job, but also Traction's very own John Monroe. How are you, John? I'm very well, thanks, Tom. How are you? Delighted to have you on board for this particular podcast episode. Thanks very much for your time. So just quickly, before we explain what we're going to do, could you enlighten us to those who might not know who Sebastian Job is? So if you if you don't know who Sebastian Job is, then where have you been? But
1: <laughs> I think, to be honest, for those of you who aren't in, invested in esports, you might not know who he is. But those who are familiar with top level esports will know who he is because he is, of course, the 2020 PESC champion over in iRacing. He's an F1 esports driver for AlphaTauri. Uh, and also nowadays, he's an ESL R1 driver
0: as well. So a very accomplished uh, and one of the world's top sim racers, that has to be said. Yeah, there's plenty of articles about Seb on the Traction.gg website, and there's even a couple of videos on the YouTube channel. And speaking of which, this interview with Seb B was already published on our YouTube channel at the beginning of the year. So you can go watch that. But this is going to be, an, uh, let's say, an editor's cut version, a longer version of that interview with a bit more detail, which was conducted by John. And in particular, in this uh, conversation, There was a new role that he was excited to talk about, wasn't there, John? There was indeed, yes. We went down to the Oracle Red Bull Racing Technology Centre in Milton
1: Keynes and spoke to him about a role that had just come about for him and it involved working for the actual Red Bull F1 team. So not just the simulation side of things, but uh, the real team. And he was acting as the official F1 sim driver. So he was essentially helping set up the car for Checo and Max for the 2022 Dutch Grand Prix. So yeah, very exciting opportunity for him and it
0: it was awesome to speak to him about it. Yeah, what a legend. So yeah, as you say there, he is a sim driver for the Oracle Red Bull Racing F1 team. And I think this is fascinating because it's another avenue that sim racers or professional level sim racers can get into. Yes, they want to compete in the virtual competitions across multiple platforms. They might get opportunities to do some real world racing, but to also turn it into another form of career, it could be test driving on these high-end simulators for racing teams. And just to be clear, John, when we say simulator, this is different to... You know, an iRacing, an R Factor, a set courses, right? This is the the real deal. This is uh, a simulator that's used by the F1 team
1: to, you know, towards the actual real life Grand Prix. So this is a sim that none of us have seen before. Uh, we still haven't seen the proper sim because they keep it completely secret and hidden from the public. So it's unlikely that that many of you at all, if anyone, has actually seen this before. So yeah, this is the real deal. This is not something anyone can just access.
0: Superb. So I think we'll leave it there for this brief introduction. Uh, now, we're well, going to throw over to you, John, from um, the past. It's a bit, I just watched Back to the Future 2 the other day, actually. This is all getting rather Same. confusing. That's strange. That's bizarre. <laughs> I, I <watched> it. <laughs> so, uh, we're not going back to 2015, though. We're just going back to uh, January, February time, 2023. And without further ado, here's Sebastian Job on the Traction.gg podcast.
1: First of all, like the obvious one, I know you've just said this as well, but how did this role first come about? And you know, was it a surprise to you? Was it something you'd been preparing for or building towards? Or was it completely, you know, something that just happened one week and then the next week you're going, hang on a minute, how how the hell has this happened?
2: Yeah, so I basically was told that I had to do some assessments on VS2, which is a junior sim. Uh, And it was kind of like something was implied, but I didn't know what what it was for really. Um, And so I came up for one day and was told, maybe we'll be doing another day. And then at the end of the day, they were like, yeah, you can come back tomorrow. And then as soon as I got into reception the next day, I was like, I was greeted with an NDA that I had to sign. So it was like, oh, OK, I, I guess something serious is about to happen. then I was told we're going to go and do uh, some F1 sim driving. And then we did um, we did the Hungara ring in uh, Budapest because that was the race that they had just done and we had uh, data to compare to and obviously everyone had been driving that you know the the, they just got data from the real track so i was comparing to max's pole lap uh, and actually i don't think it was pole but his qualifying lap basically Um, and then obviously they had other sim drivers that had been doing it and they just they basically wanted to see what my feedback was like more than anything it wasn't about the pace so much um, but as long as my feedback was consistent and accurate, uh, that was the main thing and it was. Um, we had a productive day uh, and then a couple of weeks later I was doing it for, for the real thing uh, at Zandvoort. Yeah, so cool. I want to talk a little bit about the feedback and stuff later on. Um,
1: But, you know, first of all, when you signed that NDA, that was, I presume, the very first day you'd experienced the proper big F1 simulator. So, like, what was that like? What was the experience of... Obviously, you've done a lot of sim racing, been in a lot of rigs, been on the junior sim, but what was it like that first moment where you stepped in to the actual
2: Formula 1 simulator? Uh, It was very surreal. I think the main thing that kind of drives it home is I get into the rig and I see the... Obviously, they've got the real wheel. Uh, and these wheels are worth god knows how much and like that's the first kind of thing that i was like oh like that's this is the real thing because you step in you see these like most people don't even get to touch the wheel because it's like in class like when you go on tours and stuff and it's like oh that's what i'm going to be using it's not just any wheel it's going to be like either max or checos um or a replica of what they would use at the track and i think that kind of drove it home a bit and then also it's like very futuristic looking I can't I can't say what but it um it's very cool uh, and I think that uh that makes it a lot more uh, feel a lot more real and like kind of reminds you of what you're doing um driving wise it was very weird at first because we do sim racing we're not used to motion um but after, honestly after a few laps you you don't notice it and then by I don't know maybe 10 laps in I felt like or maybe, maybe a bit more than 10 laps actually but I felt like I had more feeling than I'd ever had on any sim racing game I felt like I was driving the real thing Like I felt I, I, I felt absolutely everything I felt so connected to the car it was like one of the most incredible experiences I've had in terms of ever driving because i mean let's be real like th- this car is incredible That like the 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 car red bull has designed is awesome this year like it's so well like so nice to drive and i could feel that and it was like it's so predictable so you know you, you see it on tv like when max is driving like he he's planted and he he's perfect with his driving and it it, it was i could feel everything the car behaved how i, I wanted it and you know it, it was pretty much i'd never experienced anything like that with sim racing because i never had that that feeling um and you know you kind of expect that but it's still uh, it still strikes you as um even better than expected red bull it's a formula 1 car but it's one of the best formula 1 cars so you're
1: getting to experience something incredible within something else incredible and i think a lot of sim racers will be i guess jealous of the you know the, how amazing it must feel to actually drive something like that and you know how different is it really from a simulation, because obviously this is something much more serious, and you were saying to me earlier it 's more like it 's much more like real life racing rather than sim racing, even though you 're in a sim environment and like yes yeah, so what what is it that makes that
2: difference really would you say Well, I think the main thing in sim racing is people that develop sim racing games seem to think driving a real car is harder than it is, or like it 's very hard but it's they have it in the wrong ways of why it's hard. Like, the, for example, the F1 game. It, it feels like you're floating all the time, and this I felt so connected to the car. I could feel the forces that were going through the car. I could feel what it was doing. I could feel. I was making corrections without even realizing what I was doing. Like it was so natural and instinctive, and that. You just don't get that on the F1 game. I have to think about everything I do. And even on the the sim games, like iRacing or R-Factor, it feels more natural, but it's not like this, where I'm I'm making corrections before I've even noticed it with my eyes. And primarily in sim racing, you know, you're using your eyes and your hands um, to feel stuff or see stuff, and maybe your ears as well, to hear the, the revs of the engine. Whereas with this... Uh, like I just did it on instincts like I could feel it everything I could feel the, the motion of the car and it's just it honestly it, it's gonna sound stupid but it was easy and and that that's what it should be it's not like with how so the way I see it is I have to practice hundreds of laps on the f1 game to be consistent because it's not natural and it doesn't feel right and I spin a lot in practice I don't. I think I've had like one or two spins on the F1 sim because it just feels right, and I'm, I feel connected to the car. I can feel what's happening. Um, whereas on the F1 game, it just goes, and I have no idea why it spun. And we don't. And you just have to do hundreds and hundreds of laps to, basically, make sure you never do that one thing again that you didn't. You don't even know what you did. Yeah, for sure. I mean, more realism isn't more just necessarily more difficult. It actually gives you more feeling.
1: So, like I, I've driven a single seater and hill climbs and sprints, and I've always said that the single seater is the easiest thing to drive because it does exactly what you want it to do, and you feel everything. You, obviously, you've got the speed and the fear, but it's amazing. And when you jump on a sim and you drive a single seater, quite often it feels very nervous, and the sense of speed isn't there, so it's harder. So that's a kind of common misconception, I would say as well.
2: Yeah, I can say from driving like the F2 and F3 on the junior sim, they are actually harder than the F1 car. No power steering yeah they're no power seeing but they're also they're not as well designed like you think of all the engineers making this red bull car it is an absolute beauty to drive because it is you know the, the peak of performance this is the peak of like human engineering of course like why would it drive badly if they did that it would be a, like they have done a terrible job um and yet when you drive the F1 game, they're, they're hard to drive. Um, whereas F2 and F3, you know, the teams are limited by what they can do, by the, the the specifications of the series, you know, that they can't change everything. So, of course, they're a little bit more nervous and harder to drive. And that's kind of, I think, why they're a good feeder series into F1, because you actually step up to F1 and it's actually... The, the, the handling of the car is easier. The physical side is going to be harder because, you know, your neck... Um, Uh, but on the arms it's easier because you have power steering now Uh, I want to know about the session
1: structure so like, what is a a day in the life for you at the moment obviously you're doing lots of different roles within Red Bull and this is one of them and I know you've been on the F1 sim but you've also been on the Junior Formula VS2 sim doing work with them so how often do you balance these things and and how do you cope with that because there's a lot of different roles and they all require different elements of skill
2: so most of my time is still done sim racing Uh, that's still what I do 90% of days uh, because that is my full-time job Uh, so I wake up and practice for the whole day and that's that but every couple weeks I'll come to the factory and do some uh, work on the junior sim uh, with Boris and we will basically be either gathering data for an upcoming race for the junior drivers or Uh, trying to fix some errors on the sim uh, and work through some changes that he's made to the the, how the vehicles handle Um, and you know just various stuff like that like we're just um, nothing too intense but it will either be a day or two days basically and it will just be For for most of the day um, which can be quite physical because it is quite hot in there and you know your hands will get tired and your forearms as well they'll seize off a bit and it's a lot of heavy braking but it's it's still very enjoyable Um, and then I've only done one uh, race for the F1 team uh, now uh, or so far which was Zandvoort Uh, and that was a lot more intense in terms of there was like it was three or four days basically where we were Spent a couple days basically um, preparing for it by making sure I'm consistent every single lap. Like every lap is within a tenth or something, you know, Um, because then my feedback is going to be very, very accurate, very detailed, um, and consistent. That's the main thing. Uh, Yeah, for sure. And you were saying,
1: you know, it's physically tiring. Like we know how physical Formula One cars are, and therefore how physical this is, because it's trying to replicate it. And obviously, the heat is even worse in the sim than it is in real life, because you don't have the wind and everything. But you know mentally is the big thing you've got to be able to produce really detailed feedback that actually helps the the team over a long period of time over three or four days and i know how you know um, i get burnout if i'm on the sim for too long it gets tiring and your brain doesn't function the same way so how do you manage that and is that you know would you say that your feedback and the detail of it is probably what makes you the right person for this role i think
2: yeah the 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 feedback is the main thing ultimately and that's um I think why I've been chosen for this role because, unlike some like people in sim racing, I I'm very analytical. I don't drive just on feeling, but my a lot of my um, practice revolves around understanding why the car doing what it does, and I, I try to look really detailed into my driving and what I can do better. Uh, even if I'm like on pace, I'll still be looking at data, comparing to other drivers, and see if I, if there's even one corner I'm slower in. I want to fix that, um, and so that gives me quite a good understanding of of the car and because i come from a sim background rather than just the f1 game but from iRacing, r factor this means that i have quite a good knowledge of the car so i've been doing my own setups for god knows how many years now um and i think that makes a big difference and then just throughout the day because i'm so used to driving for so long i guess i just am able to focus for longer because i'm used to it like uh, like that the days we do for uh vs2 or, or on the f1 sim, like, it's like a normal day for me honestly uh, with sim racing it's just a little bit of the physical side that's turned up but mentally it's the same thing
0: it's tom here to interrupt this episode which i hope you're enjoying to say if you'd like to support the show we have some affiliate links in the podcast description We have them for Buzzsprout if you decide to create your own podcast or sim racing and gaming equipment companies like Fanatec, TrackRacer and Moza. It doesn't change the buying experience for you at all, but if you click the link and decide to purchase something, we may earn a commission that helps us to keep going with the podcast. That's it for now. Thank you very much. Back to the interview.
1: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, you know, if I'm a young sim racer, racing game fan watching this video or listening to this uh, audio, you know would you say that this is a viable career path for someone if someone's analytical like you are if they like their setups they're really good at feedback and they're happy to spend hours in the sim being consistent do you think this is going to become something that people can actually aspire towards like rather than just racing for a top esports team or trying to jump into real life racing do you think they could want to become an f1 simulator driver is that something that's realistic
2: i can't promise that other teams are gonna delve into this um and maybe I'm the only one that does it and then other teams are like no nah, he, he's not good enough like you we don't want that you
1: might be the first you might start something yeah
2: there. but alternatively I might be the first and there might be loads more of this to come so I, I can't say what if other teams are going to do the same or if Red Bull's going to do more of this um, but all I can say is that and I don't mean this in like a like a arrogant way but that you have to be a certain type of driver you need to be I, I i know a lot of people in sim racing who are just as fast but they aren't analytical and they don't their feedback is awful like i i ask like i'm not gonna name but I, if i ask some of my teammates and like what they're doing they, they don't know because they're they're like I just drive I don't think about it I just drive it and they're so talented that they can do that which is great but it's not great for this
1: that's um, probably me by the way I fall totally into that category <laughs> I can tell you kind of what I feel but I uh, yeah it's going to take a lot more to get me analysing the details of the setup. I just drive the thing but so I, I would be, rubbish. be like that
0: as
2: well yeah. I when I first started I was like that but then I met someone that was faster than me Freddie and I wanted to understand what he was doing and I started to learn and then eventually I learned so much that I could match him uh, on iRacing and then because I and I understood exactly what was happening. It's the same when I've come on the f1 game because it's Such a weird driving start. I've had to try and understand what works and what doesn't because it doesn't suit me at all and I've had to change everything uh, and Because of it's basically I I'm I'm seeking out Challenges and that expands your experience as a driver I, I've it sounds stupid, but I actually learned stuff by driving the f1 game that won't work on iRacing but I'm going to try it just in case and I'm going to try it on like the junior sim as well. It probably won't work, but it's just these things that I can tick off and say that doesn't work. That doesn't work. And maybe one thing will. And it's the more challenges you give yourself, the more knowledge you build. And that's what I've learned from driving on the junior sim, the F1 sim. It's like I've learned all these new things that I didn't know about. I never even thought about. And, uh, as a driver, you you need to have all that knowledge in order to be able to do something where you swap between uh, different platforms. I'd call it. You've obviously got real
1: life racing experience as well because you've done scholarships and you've been driving in Formula Ford. And you, I know that you'll want. You know, lots of people have real life racing aspirations as well. Do you find that your
2: your real life experience has helped you in this as much as sim racing, or in a different way? So this is probably going to be a bit of a shock answer, but I feel like my real life racing experience. Has absolutely not helped me in the slightest because I didn't know what I was doing when I drove in real life. So, I when I drove in real life, I drove like it was sim racing. And when I look back, I'm like, I could have done so much differently. I would have been so much better if I had the knowledge I have now. The obviously like driving on the sim for nine years has like it's taught me how to be consistent mentally and physically and I've learned all these skills but I've had to relearn the basics of like how to brake for example when driving because it's completely different on the junior sim and on the F1 sim and uh, what what makes the car fast and so actually n- like I can tell you when I drove real life I did not do any of that and I, I drove a lot worse than I do now so actually, I wouldn't say it helped in the slightest. Uh, um, like it, it didn't negatively affect it, but it didn't help. Uh, the, the thing that's helped is looking at my data with the team and them telling me this is what you need to be doing because you're not doing it. You're driving like it's sim racing, and you know. I, I remember my first um, session, like when we were doing the assessments. And Rocky was speaking to me, like, What what are you doing here? I'm I was like trying to explain. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, like I'm, this is just what I do And he was like, Well this is not good. Like you're you're making the car behave in a way you don't want it to behave And it doesn't do that on the on the sim racing. It was faster in sim racing. Um but he's like if and then I fix that and I gain half a second late like, and it's just stuff like that that i i I never got told it i I was never if you don't have someone to tell you how how are you going to learn other than and it's not like you have unlimited running in the real car and honestly even if i had unlimited running i probably wouldn't have ever done it because i was very set in my ways i i thought this is the ultimate way to drive and i was very um not stubborn but I, i didn't know any better and now i know there's new ways to drive and I've, I've still got to remind myself, like, maybe this isn't even perfect. Maybe there's something else I can do better. Um, so it's all a learning curve. Yeah, for sure. I was
1: going to say you should have
2: said yes, because then if it had helped you loads, Red Bull might say,
1: oh, well, we better give you more of that so that you can get better at the same. But actually, when you say it like that, you know, you you've obviously
2: think you've got more to give, and you, you'd love to go back and, and do that again now with your new knowledge, right? It would be so different now. I can promise that because it's, even, it's not even that I have to drive better, it's that I just drive differently. And for example, the way I break now would generate more heat into that tar- and I just have more grip that like as simple as that it, I wouldn't even need to drive better. I'd just drive in a different way, uh, and it would just give me in like way more lap time. and it's it's not even that difficult of a thing to change. It's just you just gotta build the habit. and every time i I go from doing sim racing to junior sim or F1, so I have to like take 10, fifteen laps just to remember how to drive basically. Um and then once once we're at that point it's it's just the same as always, really just consistent off lap after lap, so on that note you're you're obviously now carrying on with multiple roles
1: you're doing a bit of sim racing you're doing the f1 sim driving plus the feeder series you're kind of merging both worlds sim racing and real racing but where do you see yourself i'm not sure if you'll be able to answer this uh, for obvious reasons but where do you see yourself in five years time where do you want to go with this do you want to continue down this route and maybe perhaps move into the more real life focused stuff or you want to keep juggling the two
2: is sim racing still your thing what does five years time look like for you do you think um well i think the interesting way of thinking about this is if you asked me five years ago where i'd be i would never have answered this um so i don't really want to set any uh set any certain goals because then it could lead to disappointment or maybe it might even end up better but i'd love to be doing racing in real life in some form in five years time or or sooner really um, but yeah, if I asked, if you asked me this question five years ago, never would I have ever imagined that I'd be a sim driver for Red Bull Racing F1 team. So it's, who knows, like, I, I, I wish I could answer that, but I, I just know I want to be racing in real cars. That That's, that's the goal. And you've spoke. have you spoken about those aspirations?
1: Like, do you think this is something that could be happening? Is, is there any plans in place?
2: There, there's, I'm working on it, um but it's always a matter of funding, basically, uh, as is always the way in motorsport, but I'm working towards it, and, uh, you know, I feel like I've learned so much from the sim driving that I feel ready for it now. Um, Obviously, I've been training physically as well to get ready for it in case an opportunity ever arises, Uh, and I've been learning with the the team on how to drive properly, and I've had... um, rocky like teach me stuff about how tires work and the understanding the basics of it and i'm sure he'd be happy to share more information with me and i have a lot of resources around me that i feel very much ready for it it's just a matter of getting it into into the actual um situation
1: Well, I'm sure all of us would love to see you in something in the future, and I'm sure all of our listeners and viewers would love the same. So we wish you all the best, and thank you so much for telling us about this. We're excited to see where it goes.
0: Pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, there we go. Hopefully you found that as insightful as I did. A really in-depth interview about how skills from sim racing can translate to, well, another form of simulator that's much more closely aligned with real-world Formula One racing. Uh, Did you uh, enjoy that conversation, John? I did it was great and I've spoken to Sebi before and he's
1: always you know he's always comes up with some interesting stuff but it yeah it just fascinated me you know talking about the the real differences and just how you could see how taken aback he was by the incredible you know detail of the sim and how much you could actually feel so it kind of gave me an insight into you know sim racing the the fact that sim racing can be taken to the next level when it's used in a serious capacity with the right budget and the right people behind it so yeah I, I thought it was fascinating.
0: Agreed. I'm just going to throw to a couple of the community comments on this for when the shorter version was on uh, YouTube. Uh, Chuck Wagon, great name, says, What is it with Red Bull and driver's name Sebastian? That's a great
1: question. I mean, Sebastian Auger, Sebastian Loeb was Red Bull, uh, Sebastian yeah. Vettel,
0: the list goes on. I, I have no idea. Do you know? <laughs> no, but there's something in the water if you name your child Sebastian and they go, go, Katyn, I think. Have it, get it done. Yeah, and then just an observation. Don Hall, he mentioned, and I'm going to abbreviate the comment and also apologies for the pronunciation, but he said what comes to mind for him is from the NASCAR world, Raja Karath. Apologies again if that's not pronounced correctly. He started out on iRacing a couple of years ago into Legends cards, then the ARCA, or ARCA series. And then last year, he was a part-time driver in Xfinity in truck, and he's doing a rookie season this year in the truck series. So we wish him all the best. And it just goes to show yet again that you can be... Again, quick in sim racing, but then the few extra talents are the very top. They can also push through into either some real world racing or some real world testing or simulator testing.
1: Oh, for sure. I mean, even look at like so Josh Berry, you know, he's doing an incredible job uh, over in the States and do, filling in in the Sprint Cup and doing an amazing job. And I remember watching him on iRacing a decade ago. So it, it can definitely happen. And I think now that more young people are actually taking part in sim racing as young drivers, rather than necessarily just karting, I think you'll you'll see it a lot more often because any kind of talented youngsters that wants to get into racing, the natural step could be sim racing. So I think we're going to continue seeing a lot more crossover, but it, it's really, really exciting and it's nice to see familiar names. You know, Tim Heinemann, Moritz Lerner have also been doing incredibly well in real real life. I mean, Tim Heinemann's absolutely smashing it over in Germany right now. So he came from, from race room in our factor. So yeah, the, the future's bright for sim racing for sure. And the links between them are going to continue to grow, I think.
0: Yeah, the more there is, the better, and the whole industry benefits. So, here's hoping there are more crossovers, like joe and also Tim Heinemann. There, as as we record, he's leading the DTM championship. There you go. In a race room sponsored car. So, that's, and that's I used to race neat. against
1: him in, in you know, on sim racing when I was like fourteen or fifteen. And you never think these things are going to happen. So, uh, it's just, just a shame you're, you're not leading the DTM, John. How do you know? I mean, I'm, I might be, I might be in a different
0: <laughs> universe, you know maybe one day that's true maybe one day here's to that well thanks again John for your time and the excellent interview with Sebastian Job. thanks again to Oracle Red Bull Racing and Sebastian for his time as well I'm sure we'll speak to them very soon in some form or another uh, thank you very much to you the listener for tuning in uh, please do follow or subscribe and rate and like on Spotify and Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast from because it really helps out the show, enables us to get more guests in the future. And we have got a few we're working on and getting lined up. In fact we might have one about the Wrench sport from a wrench sport summit very soon. Fingers crossed. But for now, thanks for listening. Keep it pinned.